Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Sailing the East podcast. I'm your host for today, Bela Musitz. This podcast is about sailing the East Coast of the United States. Some episodes are about destinations. Some episodes will be about passages. Other episodes will be about equipment and techniques. And every once in a while, when we come across an interesting individual, we'll interview them and, and have them on the show. Now, today's episode is going to be very different than the previous ones we've done. I'm going to be solo. My co-host, Mike, was not here. And this will be a a recording I made when I went down to my boat uh, to kind of wake it up from its winter hibernation and uh, to do some of the things in its final prep before being put into the water. So I recorded some of the sounds and sights, if you will, uh, while I was there. And uh, so it's a little bit different. And uh, it'll give you sort of an idea of some of the things that uh, I did uh, to get the boat ready. Uh, to put it into its full season uh, as uh, me as the owner of it. So I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, And as always, if you like the show, uh, hit that uh, subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcasting app. uh, And also give us a review and tell your friends. Now, let's get into some of the sounds and uh, things that I saw and did uh, going down to the boat. Hi, folks. Well, I'm in the car. On my way to the marina, uh, actually about a half mile away, getting uh, pretty close. It is a kind of a dismal day here, actually. It's, uh, gosh, cloudy. Uh, We had a lot of rain and snow yesterday, believe it or not. Uh, Last time I was here, it was beautiful, sunny, warm in the 60s. And, well, it's uh, April in uh, New England, I guess. And uh, it's uh, actually right now 42 degrees, kind of on the chilly side. But uh, I got some work to do on the boat, and uh, it's a good day to do it. And I haven't been to the marina now in uh, two weeks. And um, so I'm interested to see uh, what things look like, given uh, last time I was here was a beehive of activity. And, um, of course, the the lot where all the boats are stored at the marina, which is in the summertime, a big parking lot, big asphalt parking lot. It's now a parking lot for sailboats, uh, mostly sailboats, a fair number of power boats as well. And uh, it was pretty full last time. So I'm interested to see how many boats they have in the water. So I'm actually turning into the marina right now and uh, still see a lot of boats. (laughs) So, uh, that's pretty good, I guess. Not too many boats in the water. There's a couple boats missing from uh, last time. A lot of boats still covered, still have the shrink wrap on them. And uh, not a lot of cars here yet. It's pretty early in the morning. It's uh, before 9 a.m. 
came out and stayed at our son's house last night. And um, so he lives uh, pretty close to the marina. And um, pulling up to where my boat is right now. And none of the boats have been moved from this section of the marina. So it is sort of like a jigsaw puzzle to get them out of here. And so there's a certain order that you have to do things in. Because uh, that's the way the puzzle comes apart. So uh, things are looking good, actually. And uh, we parked the car without hitting anything. I hate to knock over one of these big boats. And uh, we're going to go take a look at uh, how the bottom job looks because uh, they painted the bottom since the last time I was here. So I'm excited to see what that how that came out. And um, then I got to hook the batteries up and do a bunch of other things on the boat. And I'll keep you posted as the day progresses. So uh, see you in a little bit. Well, I just got out of the car and I'm walking over to uh, Paradox. And uh, this boatyard is interesting. It's for the winter. It's a huge parking lot. And in that parking lot, there's boats of all sizes and shapes. Uh, they're all up on jack stands. There's catamarans. There's big power boats and trawlers. Uh, there's sailboats, uh, both small and large. And uh, it's hard for me to guess, but there's got to be 75 to 100 boats here in this big parking lot. And as you can imagine, imagine it's sort of like a jigsaw puzzle or a Tetris game to get them all in here because they sort of have to fit them in because they're trying to maximize the number of boats they can store here. Because uh, if they do that, you know, each boat pays uh, two or three thousand bucks to stay here for the winter, uh, depending upon the size of the boat. Actually, they charge you by the square footage uh, that you uh, that you take up. So um, that's how they do it. And uh, so they fit them all in here. So they sort of ask you uh, in the fall uh, when you'd like to get pulled out and then when you'd like to go back in in the spring. And of course, if you're the first one out, you tend to be put in the back part of the parking lot, which means uh, it may take a while for them to get to you uh, in the springtime when they go to pull you out of the parking lot and put you down into the water. So um, we asked for a last week in April launch and uh, seeing uh, what boats have been moved already, I think we should be able to do that. Uh, last time I was here, which was... Uh, a couple weeks ago when we uncovered the boat and I did a few things on it. Uh, it's two weeks later now and a uh, fair number of boats are in the water and I'm optimistic that we'll be able to get our boat in the water. All right, now I'm actually here at the boat. One of the things that I had the yard do was uh, paint the hull. Uh, paint, I've never painted a hull of a boat before. The previous sailboat I had was in fresh water and I would once or twice a year I'd scrub the bottom with a, a brush and that took care of it. The water was cold and the season was short. We were only in the water maybe four or five months at the most. Uh, but here in the salt water, um, it's a little warmer and uh, you got to put some, some protective paint on the bottom to kind of keep the barnacles and the algae and all those types of nasty things from growing on your hull. So uh, typically you have to paint boats every year maybe every other year. Some of it depends on where you use it, how you use it, the type of water it's in, etc. And um, so when I pulled the boat out in the fall, I said, well, we're going to put a fresh coat of paint on it. 
And what you really have to do uh, when you're painting is the first thing I do is sort of sand off, not all of the previous paint, but at least you want to sand it to sort of rough it up, get the dirt off of it, get anything that has grown on it, uh, etc. Make sure it's off and you kind of have a smooth surface. Not, not smooth like a finished surface because you're sanding it with, I think they use 80 grit sandpaper is what most folks recommend. So you're roughing it up, but at the same time removing sort of a, a layer of paint so you don't get too much buildup. And uh, so they did that. That's a real messy job. I don't want to do that because, you know, there's nasty stuff in this paint. It's, uh, it has like copper in it uh, so that stuff doesn't grow. That's how they kind of prevent stuff from growing on it. And when you're sanding that, the copper dust is not great for your lungs and you're supposed to wear a full body suit with a respirator, etc. So I don't want doing that. And I know they sanded my boat. I think they think it was like 500 bucks. It's a 45 foot boat. So that was that was something that was, I think, money well spent. So the last time I was here two weeks ago, the hull had been sanded and uh, they did a nice job on that and uh, now the hull's been painted and uh, so I what I ended up using was uh, Seahawk brand of paint uh, and I used uh, what's called Monterey uh, which is a solvent free meaning it's a water-based paint so it's a little better for the environment there's there's no VOCs or, uh, or solvents kind of evaporating from the paint when you're painting it you know that's that stuff that makes you dizzy and and certainly isn't good for the environment. So I decided to go with uh, Monterey, uh, which is one of their uh, solvent-free water-based paints. It also makes uh, cleaning up a heck of a lot easier. And uh, the bottom paint came out really nice. I sort of like the way it looks walking around the boat here. Uh, they did a very nice job. And, uh, you know, I did spend a fair amount of time looking at different brands of paint and uh, there's uh, at least a dozen different brands of bottom paint for boats and you know they all talk about this that or the other thing and um, I just ended up going with Seahawk I have a good friend of mine uh, who works for Seahawk and uh, he's a big fan of their paints uh, he says they've had very good results so sort of getting that level of recommendation from someone you trust and know uh, goes a long way and uh, boy this stuff's expensive it's um, it's about uh, 130 140 dollars a gallon and takes about two and a half gallons to paint the bottom so it's a pricey endeavor uh, i think next year uh, my plan is that i will paint the bottom i'll have them sand it and prep it uh, but i will i will do it it appears that it's a relatively easy thing to do and uh, it looks like they did a sort of a nice job uh, on the hull, it's pretty smooth. Uh, looks uh, looks quite nice. So uh, that's good. Now I'm gonna hop up into the boat and uh, see how things look topsides as it's been sitting out here now uncovered for two weeks. See how much uh, um, bird droppings are on the boat. Let's take a look. I'm a. Uh, setting up my ladder now because uh, I need a ladder to get up into the boat. It's pretty tall. Um, I bought one of these uh, folding ladders um, because I need a I need a good uh, you know ladder that's 10 feet or so tall, step ladder, and that doesn't fit in my car. So I bought one of those 
kind of it's a gorilla ladder is the one I bought actually and I've been quite pleased with it it fits in the car really nice so it's easy to transport and uh, I keep it at home but when I come out to the road I just throw it in the car and uh, it makes me uh, uh, be able to get up into the boat easy and it's one of those ladders that you know can either be like a step ladder or you can uh, unfold it completely and it's uh, sort of like a uh, uh, extension ladder so it uh, seems to be quite nice and I'm pleased with it so let's go up the boat okay let's get up in here all right yeah all right things look good cockpit looks good nothing uh, nothing going on here let's get the companion way unlocked get my key out here and slide that back all right get down into the boat and uh, let's see what's going on down inside uh, the cabin. All right. Everything looks good. Okay. So, first project uh, is to... Uh, actually, I have to go back to the car and I have to put on my uh, uh, prop shaft rope cutter. That's the first uh, project for today. So, I'm going to walk out to the car and get set up. And then I'll see you uh, when I'm uh, when I got that done and getting ready to install it. All right, I'm back. So I'm installing a uh, shaft shark uh, prop shaft rope cutter. Uh, we talked about this in a previous episode, uh, Mike and I, and I kind of went through why I picked the the shark shaft and why I thought it was good for the the things that I'm doing, and. Uh, it goes on pretty easy. Uh, it bolts on just in front of the prop, and uh, there's two uh, two socket head uh, Allen key uh, type screws, stainless steel, that kind of hold the two halves together, and it clamps around the shaft. Uh, so that's really easy uh, to put on and off. I don't have to remove the prop, and uh, we're gonna get that installed right now. Let me get some of my tools, and uh, I think we're gonna get that done. So. Let me finish that and uh, then I'll be back. All right, that went better than I expected. Uh, nice and easy. Um, it uh, This shaft shark looks really nice. Boy, the edges on it are really sharp. I, I had to wear gloves when I was handling it because I was worried I was gonna cut my hands. Um, uh, it's really impressive how sharp it is. So it should, uh, it should cut any ropes or nets or anything that get uh, tangled around my propeller and hopefully uh, make us uh, not be disabled in the water with a, with a propeller that can't spin. So that went well. Uh, very impressed with the product so far. And uh, I have an inch and a quarter diameter shaft and the shaft shark comes in various different uh, sizes intended for different shaft, prop shaft diameters. Uh, and it also comes in various different outside diameters uh, for depending upon uh, how big uh, sort of a propeller you have. And uh, so there's kind of two, two size parameters that you can play with. 
Um, and uh, I'm, so far, I'm impressed. Let's see how it works. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll report back uh, at the end of the season when we pull the boat out and see if what's wrapped around the propeller or if there's any remnants of ropes or nets or anything that uh, the shaft shark has uh, taken care of. All right, that was good. Well, here we are at the boatyard, uh, taking the old names of the boat off and uh, putting the new name on. So there's a name on each side of the boat, starboard and port side. The old name was Magic's Ride. Uh, the boat was previously owned actually by a marine helicopter pilot and his uh, name or code name or whatever was Magic. Uh, so he named his boat Magic's Ride. So here I am trying to take off the vinyl letters uh, on Magic's Ride and then installing the new letters and the new name which will be called Paradox. So that's uh, what's going on right now. So it's going well. A bit tedious. Uh, you got to use a heat gun to sort of soften up the letters and peel them off because they've been on the boat probably 10 years or so, a little less than 10 years. So the the letters are made out of vinyl, an adhesive vinyl that sticks on. So having spent the last uh, good uh, hour and a half peeling uh, the old names off, which is uh, both the name of the boat and the port of call. Um, we are now ready to start applying the new names. And I've watched a whole pile of YouTube videos to sort of figure out how to do this, having never done it before. So I think I got a plan. And uh, we're going to do the port side first and uh, up the ladder, uh, lay things out. I'm using a little pencil to sort of mark on the hull where the corners of things are and measuring to hopefully make sure that it's level. And uh, we'll do the port side, then we'll do the starboard side, and then we'll do the name across the stern, not the name, but the port of call across the stern. Uh, and the port of call will be Barrington, Rhode Island. So this is a U.S. Coast Guard registered or documented boat. And uh, so you have to have this information on the boat in a prominent place, uh, including uh, the port of call. So... Um, I'll get back to you uh, hopefully and not too long. Hopefully this goes faster than removing the old name uh, and uh, let you know how it went. Well, back here, uh, we got the names on. Uh, my son Andy came over and he gave me a hand laying these things out and uh, putting the names on. So it went very well. Uh, it's amazing what YouTube can help you figure out and do. And uh, so it just worked out quite well. So quite pleased with how it looks. Uh, simple black letters in sort of a script font. Uh, nothing fancy, no fancy color combinations or any of that. Uh, just pretty simple black uh, letters uh, all around. So that went well. I'm pleased with it. And uh, now on to our next task. Okay, I'm back up inside the boat now. And the next thing I need to do is I need to hook uh, the batteries up. So. For the winter, I disconnect all the batteries. I disconnect all the cables from them. Uh, and uh, if you remember last time, I don't know if I talked about this or not, but the, when I came out two weeks ago, I brought a couple of chargers with me, uh, battery chargers, and I hooked those up and I topped all the batteries off because they had been sitting for three and a half, four months. 
and uh, they all looked in pretty good shape. I topped up the water. I have plain, simple lead acid batteries. Um, I've thought about, you know, doing the lithium thing or doing some of the other fancier batteries. But for the way we use the boat, it just doesn't make sense to me uh, to make that big investment. Uh, lithiums are really expensive. Um, and I don't know, these lead, added, lead acid batteries seem to last... Uh, I think if you take good care of them, you should be able to get five years out of them. And uh, as long as you charge them properly, you don't discharge them too much. So that's what I'm, that's what I have. That's what I'm sticking with. So I gave them a, a nice topping charge last time I was out. I just measured them with the voltmeter. Uh, they all seem to be uh, holding a charge nice. So that's good. They've been sitting here two weeks with uh, just, you know, discharging disconnected to anything. Um, so that, that looks good. Uh, all the voltages were above 12 volts. That was encouraging. And, uh, so I just got to connect a couple of, uh, um, battery cables and get things uh, connected back up. So let me, uh, let me go ahead and, and, and do that. Whoops. Uh, that one rolled off the table there and, um, I'll, uh, come back to you when that's done. Oh, the reason you have to do this is uh, before they put the boat in the water, uh, they want to make sure all your batteries are hooked up um, so that your bilge pump works. Right? Bilge pump is a pump that sits in the lowest part of the boat. And if there's any water that comes into the boat, it pumps it out so the boat doesn't sink. So they don't want to put a boat in the water and the batteries are not hooked up. And then the bilge pump won't work. So this is, uh, a re you know, it makes a lot of sense and I'm motivated to do it as well. And uh, so that's why I, I'm going to hook these up because hopefully next week the boat's uh, going in the water. Next week or the week after, depending upon how the Tetris puzzle uh, gets uh, deconstructed. So, yeah, that's why I got to get these batteries hooked up before it goes in the water. All right. So that's all done. Batteries hooked up. Uh, that went well. Uh, I did check the bilge pump and uh, that's working. So that's all good. And uh, let's see, I got my list here of other things I have to do um, before I get the uh, boat in the water. Uh, the, the big job is uh, I need to wax the hull. And um, that's, uh, I'm going to do that tomorrow is the plan. Uh, it's kind of drizzly, not quite drizzly today, but it's not very nice. Um, and some clouds have rolled in and it's not great weather right now. So I think tomorrow we're gonna, I'm going to do that and maybe with a little help from my son, which would be nice because that'll be a big job. Uh, let's see, what else do I need to do inside here? I got to get my dock lines and fenders ready. Uh, oh, I have a the water distribution system, in other words, the, the water for the sinks and the toilets and the showers, uh, this boat has three water tanks on it. So I carry about 160 or 170 gallons of water total spread out over three different tanks. And uh, those tanks feed into a manifold so I can switch from tank one to tank two to tank three. So I can drain down tanks and various different uh, rates or orders, uh, or I can have them all turned on. It's just kind of depends how I want to do it. And I noticed last year when I got the boat, there was always water in the bilge. And 
and it was like this is weird and I, I you know one of the things that you do when you find water uh, one of the secrets is when you when there's water coming into your boat or you find water in your boat stick your finger in it and you taste it if it's salty water then you know it's coming from the outside if it's fresh water then you know you have a leak someplace and lo and behold it was fresh water so I knew I had something leaking and it turns out this distribution manifold that uh, distributes the water it's it's a little block of plastic with three pipes coming into it and one pipe going out of it and a way to switch each one of those uh, uh, off so which one's going through the exit pipe and uh, it was cracked uh, maybe one year when the boat got winterized uh, it didn't it I don't know maybe it froze and it cracked or maybe just from age I don't I'm not sure uh, but it had a slow drip on it and uh, it took me a while to figure out what was going on uh, so I, over the winter I ordered a new one of those and uh, I got to install that uh, here today so that's my next project so let's dive into that and uh, see how she goes I'll get back to you uh, when that's done all right that went well water system hooked back up uh, that all seems to be working I didn't see any drips or anything coming out of course I still need to drain all of the antifreeze out of the tanks um, I think I put a gallon of uh, after draining the tanks in the fall I put about a gallon of marine antifreeze in each tank uh, and you know of course flushed out all the lines with antifreeze so none of that you got to get all the water out otherwise your pipes will crack and break um, and you'll have leaks all over the place so I did all of that in the fall and so I still need to flush the system but I will wait till the boats in the water to do that but I got this manifold distribution manifold taken care of and uh, that went well well here we are uh, at the boat and I've been waxing for about uh, two hours and um, I'm still got uh, multiple hours to go and uh, what I've been doing is there's a probably a six inch wide stripe along close to the waterline so the there's the waterline you know the hull is painted with the anti-fouling paint and then above that there's a about three inch white line and then above that there's like a six inch dark blue kind of accent line and uh, that's reachable from the ground uh, standing on it and because it's dark blue it sort of tends to fade a little bit and you get a weathered look so what I've been doing with that is uh, using a combination compound and wax together uh, with the buffer wheel to sort of uh, get that looking better and then the wet white hull which is above that uh, I have a polymer wax that I use that's much easier to do so this has been kind of tedious doing this uh, from the ground and holding my arms up over my head uh, and my arms are starting to get pretty sore but I got one side done and I'm um, diving into the uh, starboard side now and um, we'll dab a little wax wax slash compound onto the uh, buffing wheel and uh, then away we go and uh, so I think uh, that's I'm going to stop the podcast here 
and uh, maybe I'll make a part two of this uh, for first day I'm on the boat when it's in the water talk about some of the things I'm doing there but uh, I will cut it short right not short but I'll end it right here so thanks a lot for listening to Sailing the East podcast uh, really appreciate it uh, let me know if you like this format of show it's a little bit different than typically Mike and I talking about a particular topic uh, decided to do one this way and uh, see how it uh, how it, how you guys like it and if you like it or drop drop me an email um, and if you don't like it well drop me an email as well uh, I like to mix things up try new things and see how they work so our email address is sailing the east all one word at gmail.com and uh, again uh, if you like the show uh, hit that subscribe or follow button in your favorite podcasting app uh, drop us an email uh, we always love the hearing from our listeners um, if you want to support the show if you look in the show notes uh, for this podcast there's actually a link there that you can click on within anchor anchors the sponsor for this uh, podcast and uh, there's a way to contribute uh, per month a certain amount of money I think the smallest amount is 99 cents a month so if you like that uh, it's great we appreciate that um, and uh, but no uh, not really asking you to do that but if you'd want to out of the goodness of your heart that's great helps defray some of the costs of uh, making this uh, and putting it together so thanks again for listening uh, have a good week and uh, we'll talk to you soon bye-bye